with not your truth or kindness, Lord. With not your truth or kindness, Lord. When was the last time you felt celebrated? Do you ever feel invisible or unheard or grasp onto words of affirmation like a life ride? Well, you've come to the right place. Join me, Susan Hookstra, host of The Notice Podcast, as we explore our need to be noticed through biblical musings and unique stories from special guests. Experience relevant topics and encouragement as we take notice of how the God of mercy satisfies. On this episode of The Notice, do you ever look at others and wonder how they ended up in their roles? Maybe you find yourself wondering what God is calling you to do, perhaps question what your purpose is. Join me as I talk with radio host, pastor, blogger, wife, mother, and podcast host, Rachel Jenneman. We discuss what it's like to balance different roles while celebrating our uniqueness and how to take notice of God as we live out our purpose. Rachel Jenneman moved from Florida when she was seven and has lived in northern Michigan ever since. Rachel is what you would call a first-generation Christian. At the age of 16, she was invited to a church to hear the gospel for the first time, where she gave her heart to the Lord and never looked back. At age 19, she felt a call to ministry and thought she would end up pastor's wife. Instead, she ended up being the children's pastor at the very church she started her Christian life. Her ministry life has taken many different turns, including ending up in broadcasting, where she just celebrated her one-year anniversary as radio host with WLJN in Traverse City, Michigan. Her podcast, Unique on Purpose, just recently released, and she is working on a self-defense class for moms and their daughters, and I hear she has a book coming, too. So, Rachel, welcome to The Hi. Notice. So, we're so, to hear your life in, in, a, in, a, in a paragraph like that. We, I said, you know, you got a book coming, so now it's... Now it's now it's, I have to do it. Now you I have to do it. do it. Okay, <laughs> yep, yep, I'm right there with you, sister. But thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks and for having me. On The Notice, we talk a lot about different ways we can notice God in our everyday lives, and we're in ministry. We we're we're there to serve God, and mm-hmm. but at the same time, we should be noticing Him while we're serving. You said you were called to a life of ministry at age nineteen. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me how that ended up playing itself well, out? It's funny. Oh, so I, growing up, my life goal was to be an actress. I mean, mm. I I did theater all throughout junior high and high school. If I wasn't in the play, I was directing the play. Uh, when it came to the Oscars and the Emmys and the Golden Globes, you did not talk to me. Mm-hmm. I was in my jammies with my bullet popcorn, <laughs> watching the pre-show, watching the red carpet going, I am going to be that person someday walking on that red carpet. And well, I, I became a Christian when I was about 16, 17 years old. And I guess it, just in my mind, I thought, well, I'm still going to be an actress, mm-hmm. but I guess I'll just do it as a Christian. I don't know. And then my senior year, I had gotten accepted to a college in Chicago, a theater college. And I just assumed that that's what I was going to do. But as the senior year went on, I didn't feel right about going. And I didn't realize it at the time because I was such a young Christian that that was the Lord drawing me away from that, that I was not supposed to go. Mm-hmm. I just didn't recognize the voice of the Lord at the time. And uh, I didn't end up going and I kind of freaked out there for a while of what am I doing with my life? And even though I was a part of a fantastic church, 
didn't feel any guidance on what do I do with my life. I just mm-hmm. didn't know. I, I think it was just kind of left up to me to figure out what it is I'm supposed to do with my life. And my mom made a suggestion because, you know, I don't come from a Christian family, but my mom made a suggestion. Well, why don't you go live with your grandfather in Delaware for a while? And I thought, you know, actually, that's kind of a good idea. And I after high school, I just moved in with him for a little bit. I just packed up my car and I drove to from Traverse City, Michigan to Seaford, Delaware. And I just spent that time away from the church that I've known for the past couple years, away from my my youth group and and pastor, and and I searched for a new church, and I didn't know how long I was going to be there, and I made some really good friends, but in the midst of just saying, God, what is it? Just spending that time crying out to God, I felt the Lord speak to me that he had called me to ministry, and I didn't know what that Hmm. looked like. Okay. You know, what does that mean, Jesus, that you're calling me to ministry? I felt like God wanted me to get uh, credentialed as a pastor. And I ended up moving back to Traverse City and I knew that, okay, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to go on this path. But life happens. And I got married and I had babies. And but I was so frustrated with my life as much as I loved being married, as much as I loved my kids. I was so frustrated because I knew there was a call on my life, but I didn't know. Again, I, I didn't know d- direction. What I was, was I supposed to do? Can I clarify something? Was yes. it, did you feel frustrated or restless? I think both. Both. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I just, I didn't know. Yeah, I was restless because I knew I had a call in my life, but frustrated because I don't know what direction to take. Gotcha. And my husband just said, you need to get certified in ministry, just do it. But I felt like I couldn't, that I wasn't allowed to in a sense because I had two young kids at the time and my husband was uh, finishing up his college degree. How in the world am I going to do it? And he's like, just do it. Mm -hmm. And it was because of him that I finally became a credentialed minister through the Assemblies of God Church. In that time, I felt God was leading me that one day I was going to be the children's pastor of the church that I was at. And I was actually doing a lot of office work at the time there. And I hated the office work. I loved working for the church, but I hated the office work. So it wasn't my gifting. I'm not like an administrative secretarial person. Mm -hmm. We didn't have a children's pastor at the time. And and I said to my husband, I said, I think that I'm going to be the kids pastor there. I I just, I don't know how else to explain it. Mm -hmm. I just feel like God, but I wrestled with the Lord and I said, God, I hate kids. Like, I don't even know if I like my own. Like, what what are we doing here? You know, and I didn't hate kids, but they just weren't my gifting. And I just didn't know. And and my boss, who was the senior pastor in the summer, had said, well, I'm going to be eliminating your position uh, due to specific reasons. He wasn't firing me because I did a bad job or anything. It was just I'm eliminating your position for specific reasons. I need you to give me a list of everything that you do. And when I gave him that list, I just said, listen, when you decide that you're hiring a children's pastor, I'm applying. I just kind of put that out there. And next thing I know, I'm getting hired as the children's pastor. Yeah. And I'm like, so that's all I had to do. (laughs) (laughs) And and at the time, I had already been leading part of the kids ministry for a year. Then I became the children's pastor and it was a, it was a good run. I, I enjoyed is as hard as kids were for me because kids are not my gifting. God taught me so much. So you, you heard, you heard in your being, Mm -hmm. I don't want to say there was a burning bush or something, but you heard in your being that God wanted you to step out and be a children's pastor. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we hear something like that 
and we don't do anything about it. Yeah. Gave you that impetus or, or encouragement. Was it your husband or how did you feel like just to take out, take that step and say, I want to be a children's minister? Well, the thing is, is I didn't want to, but I knew, <laughs> but I knew, but you knew that, that God w- wanted me to. Okay. 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 And I mean, I wanted, I guess I just always assumed I would be a, like a woman's pastor or a missions pastor. Cause I'm passionate about missions. I just always assumed that it would be something in that realm, but I felt that the Lord was leading me to do children's ministry. And it's easier, I think, to take the steps and and go in a certain direction when the doors start opening. The person that was running the children's ministry at the time left the church and there was a need there. So I stepped in and I said, okay, well, God is calling me to be a children's pastor. Well, then I need to learn how to work with kids. Right. So I said, okay, I'll step in and I'll do this. And just one thing led to another because I just wanted to be obedient to God, even though it may not have been something that seemed fascinating to me. I still wanted to be obedient. Everybody talks about he equips the called. He doesn't call the equipped, so yeah. to speak. Do you, did you find that to be true in this position? You know what? I did because I'm a big researcher. And even though I knew I wasn't good with children, even though I had no background, I had no early elementary education. You know, I didn't have a degree in anything like that. So I just grabbed everything that I could think of. And I just started researching the kids mm-hmm. ministry in, in their office. They had all these kids men magazines. I took all of them. I mean, stacks of them. And I took them home and I sit at night and I would read them and I would just research. How is it that kids learn best? How is the best way to teach Jesus to these kids, depending on what age I researched books and I felt like God equipped me in that way. No, I didn't have a degree to work with kids, but at least I did the research to learn. I was willing to be teachable. I was willing to learn. You know, a lot of times people get caught up in, I've never done that before, so I can't do that. Mm-hmm. What What would you say to a person out there listening about that? Well, good. You can't. Join the club. Like, <laughs> none of us can do <laughs> yep. it. Like, when uh-huh. God calls us, there's a reason why we feel inadequate. There's a reason why we feel that we cannot accomplish it, and it's because we have to rely on him to do it. I still feel that way in in, in all the things that I do. I always think, God, I can't do this. Well, I remember Moses, you know, and he's like, I can't do this. I'm I'm inept. Send somebody else. He literally told God, he told God to his face, (laughs) "Um, no, no, I'm not your man. Send somebody else. And what I love about the response of what God says, he says, he almost, it's almost like, he didn't really dismiss it. He was just almost like, Let's not make that the issue. Just tell them, I am sent you. Yeah. What if we live that way? I think we accomplish so much more. I have to ask that person, are you trusting in yourself or are you trusting in Jesus? Mm-hmm. And that's really what it comes down to. Who are you going to rely on in this moment? And that's not to knock somebody and to, to speak ill of that person that's, that's scared or worried. I get it. I am scared and worried every day about the choices that I feel like God is asking me to take, the, the risks that he's asking me to take. But it, he does that so we can have faith in him. It's sad when sometimes people get paralyzed. They won't try new things mm. because they're paralyzed because they've never done it before. Mm-hmm. And I love that you just said, okay, I'm going to research this. You know, this is this is the way walking in it. I mean, that's one of the ways we can 
you'd be more equipped or feel more comfortable in the role. So you went and was a children's minister, mm-hmm. and now you're a radio host on WLJN. Talk about how that <laughs> happened. Okay. Well, it's funny. I, when I was 21, the Lord gave me a vision, and I was, I was in, in Indonesia of all places. I was on a missions trip. It was the year before my husband and I got married. In Asians, they worship a long time. Like it is not, hey, hey, we're just going to do four songs in a sermon. It's it could be hours. Wow. And we, okay. I mean, and we, it was just going on and on. And us Americans, we're getting tired, you know. And so <laughs> I finally sit down, and I'm not a seer. I don't get visions and dreams like uh, ever. But the Lord gave me a vision, and I was standing on stage. I remember everything that I was wearing. I had a microphone in my hand, and. I knew that God had called me to preach, that God had called me to, that that was, that was going to be my calling one day and that I was called to speak to people. It was always frustrating for me throughout the years because I'm like, okay, God, well, when's that going to happen? When's mm-hmm. that going to be? Lord, I know this is the call that you have in my life and I, I love to preach, so let's just do it. Let's right. do it. And it's not happening. And I had to keep reminding myself that, God is equipping you. He is working his way towards that. Everything that you are doing now is equipping you for what's in the future. Mm -hmm. And finally, it was January of 2020. So this is before the shutdowns. I felt really deep inside me that agitation and that restlessness of you're done here. Like your season being a children's pastor is done. But I didn't know what to do. Well, okay. So then, how, what, what do I do now? Like, how do I mm-hmm. how do I quit? How am I going to make up the income? Well, you know, all these questions that are going through your mind. So I, I did what the Bible says, and I sought wise counsel of a gentleman I knew, and who kind of he's a counselor, but he's kind of an expert in this subject of helping people transition into different seasons right. of their life. And he and I explained to him all the restlessness I was going through, and he said, "Yep, sounds like." God's moving you into the next season. Here's what you do. Boom, boom, mm-hmm. boom, boom. And that's what I needed. I just mm-hmm. needed somebody to tell me what to do. But I kept praying, Lord, when am I supposed to quit? When am I supposed to quit? And I kept feeling, no, not yet, not yet, not yet. And mm-hmm. finally, April, we're in the middle of quarantine and I'm going for a walk because that was the only place we're allowed to go is go right, around right. the neighborhood. So I'm doing a prayer walk and I finally felt the Holy Spirit say, it's time to start praying for your replacement. In June... I had given my resignation over to my senior pastor, my boss, and I said, I want to be done by February because I want enough adequate time to train the next person that's going to come on. My job isn't a give a two weeks notice and peace out. It's it's not ministry is right. not that type of right. gig. And I said, I need time to train the next person to show them everything I do and get them ready. It was funny because I it was struggling of when do I quit? And finally someone had said, you know what? You just need to do it afraid. Just do it afraid. Mm, so mm. I, I gave him my resignation. He's like, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. I said, I think I'm probably going to do the stay-at-home wife thing for a little bit. But my husband's looking for another job so he can support all of us. And I can just maybe go back to school. Well, the, that day I get home from work and my husband gets a text message from a friend who works at a company that he's been trying to get into for four years and said, hey, there's a job opening and you need to apply. <laughs> a job, they, they've had oh, his resume wow. for years, but they wanted him to have more experience. And I'm not going to get into that. But anyway, long story short, he got the job, which was way more money than what he had been making, but it still wasn't enough to make up for what we were going to lose. And I'm like, okay, I have till February to figure this out. 
And I knew that God had called me to travel and speak. I, I know that one day that's, that's the call. I said, well, what am I going to do in the meantime to keep up my communication skills? I figured, well, I'll start a podcast and well, there you go. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep up my communication skills that way. So I took out two radio personalities that I knew in town. And I said, hey, I know that you are broadcast broadcasters, not podcasters, but they overlap. So give me some advice. And this is my idea. They both loved my idea. And one of them said, well, hey, I go to church. Do you ever listen to WLJN? I go to church with DC. I'll call him right now. You need to be on a show. And I'm going, no, 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 no. I'm not looking to be on the radio, even though in the back of my mind, I'm like, that would be so That'd cool. Be cool. Yeah. But, but I'm like, that's not what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, and actually, I am meeting with DC's wife next week because I knew her. She was also a radio personality at the same mm-hmm. station as her husband. And I, I, I said, I'm going to ask her the same questions. Long story short, two, uh, two months after that, I found myself in the general manager's office asking if I wanted to be a radio personality. It was it was an opportunity I couldn't pass up for but sure. You didn't go to school for this, no, Rachel. no. I I have no broadcasting experience whatsoever, and they're asking me if I want. But because I mean, DC and Jane. Uh, who are a husband and wife team that work at the station. They've heard me preach before. They've been at Sunday services where I have Mm -hmm. preached. And so they know that I can communicate. Uh, They, they knew a little bit about my background and they knew other people that knew me. And so they sought them out. Do you think Rachel would be a good fit for this station? But like you said, I I have no broadcasting experience but Mm -hmm. because they knew of my background they they took a chance on me right right sounds like i am sent you yeah (laughs) right 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 yeah and i think so often like like somebody will will talk to me and they'll say susan oh you wrote a book and you write songs and you're a clarinetist and you speak and you write and you do all these things you're just so talented and i'm like I just want, I just felt God told me to do it. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Maybe not so much the clarinet stuff, but the rest of it was just God telling me to do it and Mm -hmm. walk in. I mean, I wrote this book, Firm Grasp. It took me 14 years to write it, but I just felt God called me to do it. Yeah. So our listeners out there, you might get frustrated or restless like she was. You know, sometimes it's not, I don't think God is saying no. He's just saying not yet. Well, and and that restlessness is from the Lord. There's a reason for that restlessness. It doesn't necessarily mean you need to quit and move on right away. It just means, oh, God's up to something. God's doing and something. And as you look back, do you think your role of a children's pastor has helped you in your role? Oh, now? oh my! It has helped me in so many areas. It helped me. It helped me to understand what it. I mean, because I was a pastor, so even though I wasn't a senior pastor, I was still on staff and played a, a shepherding role. And and understanding what it means to be a pastor, understanding what it means to shepherd other people. Um, but it taught me the most important ministry in the whole church. And I don't just say that because I was the kids' pastor, but. The number one thing that uh, a family decides whether they're going to stick at that church or not is whether you had a good nursery. Yeah. That's it. It's not the preaching. It's mm-hmm. not the worship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they would like the preaching and the worship mm-hmm. to be good. Mm-hmm. But the number one reason that someone will stick with your church is if you have a good nursery. Wow. I mean, that is the most in, uh, it's the, it's the most important ministry in the whole church and learning the the value 
of children and teaching children at a young age. And then, of course, just the opportunity to be able to minister to people, to talk with people, to listen to people in that way. And minister, I guess. Yeah. You you also talked about the the communication skills. So didn't it help you? Didn't these role, this role that you had and being a mom, come on folks. If you're a mom, you're you, communicating 24 seven. Yeah. You're learning, <laughs> you're learning all kinds of new skills. Right, Let's right. not kid ourselves. Yeah. But in your different roles that prepared, that kind yes. of prepared you for it. It might not have prepared you for how to work the electronics or something. You probably had to learn that there's a learning curve or something with that. How did that help you? What were, how do those roles, different roles help you and what you're doing now? Uh, honestly, I think what helped me more than anything with what I'm doing now is one, God gives us specific gifts. So I've always just been a talker and that's just naturally what I do. But as a kid, like I said earlier, I did theater mm-hmm. and to get up in front of an audience and to speak, to learn how to adequately say specific words, to present yourself in front of an audience and improv, having improv mm-hmm. skills. Like we think of improv and we think, oh, that's something fun to do. No, improv is a skill. It, is. it really is. And, and the fact that I learned so much improv in high school helped me so much when it came to being up in front of an audience, whether it was I had to preach or I had to do announcements or I had to pray or even uh, doing sometimes when when you're live on air, there are times where you just have to improv. Yeah. You don't get to necessarily prepare for everything. Nope. <laughs> and that, I think, is what really prepared me the most. And then throughout the years, I've been able to put that into practice with preaching in front of an audience or speaking to kids. And I, I think God does that all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just have to pay attention. Good old Gideon. Remember Gideon in the scriptures? He's just like, God, you have to show me a sign. Show me a sign. And he was so afraid to take that step out there. So yeah. if anyone's listening to you and you say, well, I, I'm, I'm not, not all of us need to be on the radio. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm saying maybe there's something God put on your heart. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, I want you to take that step. I want mm-hmm. you to take do it scared or however yeah. you describe it. Now you're on the radio, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. This is kind of a public platform. Let me ask you this. There's so probably some days that you might not really notice the impact that you get from other people. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then other days you hear from your listening audience. Do you, do you know, can you think of a time when maybe someone noticed you or, like out in the grocery store or something like that? Did it make you feel uncomfortable? Like, oh, that's a lady from WLJN or anything like that? You know, I'm, I'm, it's still a learning curve for me. I'm still trying to get used to it. We're, because I resigned from my old church, we're now going to a new one because I needed to let that person not feel like I was on top of them. Mm, you know, gotcha. the person that took my place. And so I, I we're going to an, a new church and there are, how do I say this the right way? When I was pastoring, I knew who everybody was because that was part of my job was to know who's in the congregation to get to know them so I could help them. Now I'm going to a place where I don't know most of these people, but they know who I am. And that's weird yeah. for me. <laughs> that's um, weird. Because, and, and this is my first year doing that. I'm working with broadcasters who have been broadcasting for 30 50 mm-hmm. years and some that's, great people at LJ. Oh yeah. They're fantastic. Them. Wonderful people, yeah. but they're kind of used to it and they know it and they get it. They understand it. I'm still learning how to navigate when someone comes up to me 
I make the assumption that nobody knows who I am, but there will be people that come up to me every Sunday. Oh, I listen to you every day. I listen. And, yeah, I listen. But isn't it funny though that you know on this podcast we talk about our need to be noticed, mm-hmm. and then when you're noticed, it makes you uncomfortable or yes. you're not sure quite sure how to do it. Yeah. Isn't that funny? You don't realize that you're making a difference. And I want to read to you a quote. It's from Stanley. If anybody knows Stanley, he created the Marvel comic books. Yeah, yeah. And he said this, and it and it hit me because when you're in broadcasting, even on Christian radio. You wonder, what am I doing for Jesus? Like, am I doing anything for Jesus? Mm-hmm. All I'm doing is introing music, outroing music. Like, what, what am I doing here? And I came across this quote and he said, I used to be embarrassed because I was just a comic book writer while other people were building bridges or going on medical careers. And then I began to realize entertainment is one of the most important things in people's lives. Without it, they might go off the deep end. I feel that if you are able to entertain people, you're doing a good thing. And I've, I've kept this quote in my phone because I always used to think I was inadequate because mm-hmm. I wasn't a nurse or a doctor going into Africa and helping heal the sick mm-hmm. and the poor. I wasn't, I'm, I'm no longer a pastor. Now I got to, in a sense, figure out who the heck am I now? You know, I'm no longer, I was Pastor Rachel for so long and I'm not that anymore. Mm-hmm. And what am I doing for, I don't own a business where I can impact thousands of lives every day. Who the heck am I and what am I doing for Jesus? And I'm just talking about music. But then I had, I got somebody had my phone number and they left me a message on my voicemail and it was just, Hey, I listen to you every morning. And can I tell you on my way home from work that I had a really rough night working third shift and it's so great to hear your voice and to hear your encouragement and that helps me every single day there you and go. I was like okay the Lord has we always have to use what God's put in front of us and I've said okay God right now in this season you've put in front of me a microphone so how do you want me to use it for your glory you didn't give me right. a medical degree you didn't tell me to go pick up a scalpel you didn't tell me mm-hmm. to go and and build buildings you didn't tell me to be a nurse you didn't tell me to do any of these things to be a teacher in a public school but what you put in front of me is a microphone so how do i best glorify uh, you in this time see that's really powerful because i think a lot of times people like to compare. Yes. You know, that's what I get sometimes. Like, oh, well, you do this, you do that. And I'm like, yeah. but you're you're doing this. Yeah. And I think we, we all need to just encourage each other that no matter what you are doing, mm-hmm. what not even what you're doing, where your physical presence is means there's a microphone in front of you. Yeah. And that it doesn't matter if it's on a radio station or not, because that's one of the things I love about your new your podcast that you have. It's called um unique on purpose and your tagline is finding victory and how God created you. And so what do you think is, we talked about this a little bit, but what do you think is the biggest challenge we face in celebrating how God uniquely created us? Well, it's exactly what you said. It's comparison. We're constantly comparing ourselves to other people and not realizing that that was not what we were meant to do. God created us unique for a purpose. We aren't supposed to be like that other person over there. And we know this. We're taught this in the Christian realm, in the secular realm, all the time. God knows every hair on your head, Rachel. We're unique. And I I didn't grow up in a Christian home and I didn't go to a Christian school. But even in the public school system, it was always you are unique and you are special and you are different. And it's good to be different. 
But we don't see ourselves that way. One, because we need to know who God is first, really, before we understand who we are. And two, the way God created us, he wants to use for his glory. And it really hit home for me when I was a kid's pastor. And we were downstairs because the kids ministry was in the basement. And we were having a prayer time with the kids. And I have this little I had this little boy. His name's Jaden. And I'm going to try and say this without crying. He has cerebral palsy. He was in second, third grade. And the thing that I've noticed about special needs kids is they are very evangelistic. They love Jesus and they are going to talk about All Jesus. Right. They come I on. Mean, beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. So here we are. We're praying because we're in the process of a, of a building project. And we and I'm I told everybody, close your eyes. And I, I kind of had them imagine walking through the new building and and over here uh, is going to be the stage. What do you see? And the kids are all yelling guitars and drums. And Okay, now go to the left and there's a door. We're going to go outside. Now there's a playground. What are we going to see? And they're all yelling slides and, and swings. And that my little cerebral palsy boy yells, I see Jesus. Mm. And right then and there, God downloaded me John chapter nine, where the disciples bring over this blind man and they ask Jesus, who sinned? Why is this man blind? Is he blind because of his parents' sin or because of his sin? And Jesus said, neither. He is not blind because of anybody's sin. He is blind so he can bring glory to me. And there right then go. and there, Come he, on. He, he heals <laughs> the blind man. The blind man didn't ask to be healed. In fact, he was exiled because of Jesus' healing. But here he is healed to bring glory to God himself. And because we are different, because we have inadequacies about us, those inadequacies are meant to glorify God. That's what right. you see as a disadvantage in your life, God is going to bring about an advantage and glorify him. I don't care if it's autism. I don't care if it's because you're black, you're white, you're Cuban. I don't care if it's because you're male That's or right. female That's right. or if you have dyslexia or ADHD. God is going to use what you see as a disadvantage in your life and he's going to bring glory to his name through it. And I was so tired of watching people be victims because that's really hot right now in mm -hmm. our culture, isn't it? I'm it a victim is. and yes. I'm going to celebrate my victimhood. But Jesus said, no, I have called you to be victors. I have called you to be overcomers. Right. Victory. And Victory. that's what we talk about on the podcast. We say, how are you an overcomer? How are you celebrating your nasty ugliness in your life? And how are you bringing purpose to it? I don't think I could say it any better than that person said it. I saw Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's what we're here for, Rachel. We're here to show a piece of Jesus to other people. The scriptures call us a masterpiece. In the original language, it means a piece of art. Mm -hmm. That means we're a piece of the master. We're not intended to be the entire master. Right. We're tired to be the piece. It's our job to find what that piece is. Mm -hmm. So if you're feeling restless up, Look for your peace so they can see Jesus. What a great conversation with Rachel Jenneman. It always comes back to Jesus, doesn't it? You can listen to Rachel on the air on WLJN 89.9 in Traverse City, Michigan. She is the host of Unique on Purpose, heard weekdays from 9.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. You can also catch her on her podcast called Unique on Purpose. 
I was recently a guest on her program and had a great time. You can catch it on most podcast platforms or simply by Googling Unique on Purpose with Rachel Gentleman. Of course, you can always visit my website at SusanKHookstra.com. Until next time, 